Hey, good morning. It's so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Um, here for a couple of reasons. Um, one, just as Kevin said, and thanks for that, that uh, introduction, World Vision is the largest Christian-based humanitarian disaster relief and development organization in the world. We do that by partnering with churches like yours and encouraging you to do some awesome and amazing things that is going to totally radically affect your life and the life of the most vulnerable kids and their families all around the world. So one of the things that I get to talk to you about today is joining with us as we run the Indy Monumental Half and Full Marathon. That is awesome. I'm usually the only one that claps for that. So I know most of you tuned me out when I use the word running and marathon in the same sentence, but let me have you back for just a minute. Let me explain this a little bit further. We have a couch to finish line training program. We'll get you from the couch all the way across the finish line of the half or full marathon. It's in November. And then I will deliver you right back to the couch. <laughs> so right after service, we are going to have a, a, a 10-minute information section right in this section. So right after service, meet me right here. So that means all of you people don't even have to move. You're already there in place. <laughs> so right after service, we're going to talk about how we can do this, how we can change people's lives and challenge ourselves to step past fear and into faith. I truly believe that the things that are the, the most powerful things that God has for us are on the other side of fear. And we have to step into that to experience God in a, such a unique way that we just otherwise wouldn't experience him. So let me give you three promises about this thing called running the Indy Monumental Marathon. One, the need is real. World Vision is the largest non-government provider of clean, safe water in the world. There is... Um, in this very next slide here, there's a little bit about what uh, that you know what what we're kind of up against here. Nearly a thousand children will die every single day because they don't have access to water. We serve Jesus, the source of living water, and we can meet a physical need by experiencing Christ in a real way as we push through fear, our own fear here, and then we can deliver living water and physical, tangible water to people that will radically change their life. The need is real, promise number one. Promise number two, I truly believe that Jesus is a distance runner because every time I go out on a training run, he's right there with me. Promise number two is that God is in this movement and you will experience God in such an amazing and real and passionate way as you're doing something that challenges you. I like to say, if you're not scared, then you're not going to experience the same amount of life change that you would if you just push into that. Promise number three, if you look around this campus, many of you joined us last year and ran the half or full marathon. Your pastor right now is running a 56-mile ultra marathon because he believes in this program, and he's bringing hope to kids all around the world. So as we're here talking, he is out there somewhere running in South Africa for the most vulnerable kids in the world. This promise is that you as a community, when you rely on each other for some of the hardest things that you're going to do all summer, you're going to grow in friendships. There are people in this auditorium that are going to say yes. Join them and become friends with them, friends that last a lifetime.
So again, right after service, right in this section, I'm gonna talk through the nuts and bolts and answer questions about how this works and what we do to provide clean, safe drinking water to so many. But in the meantime, there are gonna be two voices as you watch this next little video. One voice is gonna say, that may sound like an awesome ministry, but no way, I can't do that. All shapes, all sizes, all fitness levels, everyone is welcome to join us. We have, we have pace groups that go from walking to running. Anyone can do this. I've seen a blind retiree say yes and cross the finish line of a full marathon. This is a movement that God is in. There's another voice that you're going to hear, and it's a stiller, smaller voice that's simply just going to say, do this. I just invite you to listen to that stiller, smaller voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's watch this video. In 2006, one man heard a divine whisper that he could help the most vulnerable kids in the world by running marathons. So he said yes. He felt God ask him to invite others into the same vision, so he did. Many people felt scared of the unknown. Fear prevailed, and they said no. But many people pushed through that fear, and they said yes. The first year, 100 people said yes. The next year, 400 said yes then 1,000, then 2,000. As people said yes to new challenges and to changing the lives of kids and communities in Africa, their own lives started to change in drastic ways. I started this year, this is my first year. I have only been out of a wheelchair for two years now. In the beginning, I was like, mm, my knees, I need too much weight, mm, how about? But I stuck with it. And I just went all in. I thought, I'm 55, why not? Bev did it at 60, I'll do it at 55. <laughs> This has really brought me back, helped me recommit my life to the Lord, but uh, also to those less fortunate. And plus the goal of like bringing clean water, that, like that's beautiful. So I was like, this is something I really want to do. We really did a lot of training, just the two of us. And it was just such a bonding moment of that, that time when you, your, your strength is faltering and the person next to you carries you through. Well, I've lost 75 pounds through this. And I couldn't imagine my seven-year-old having to go run and get water for our family, so that's what keeps me motivated and focused. I plan on running a marathon every single year until I die. Wow. We'll see how that happens or how that goes. Over the last 10 years, over 25,000 people have joined Team World Vision and they just keep saying that magic word, yes. Every one of those yeses also represents kids in Africa who get to say yes to life, yes to health, yes to an education, Yes to hope. Hundreds of thousands of kids. Every movement, every revival, every revolution in the history of mankind has begun because someone said yes. They are yes people. We are yes people. You are one too. As long as there are children in this world without clean water, we will continue saying yes. So again, right after service, right up here, if there's anything in your heart at all, come to this information session. Coming to the information session doesn't sign you up for the team. It just gets you plugged in so you can get your questions answered. So I really encourage everybody to come up here. Um, so let's talk a little bit about me and who I am. I do live in Detroit, Michigan, uh, about four hours from here. Um, I am from Detroit. I'm a native of Detroit and uh, have lived there most of my life. 
I, I, do have, uh, I do have a couple of two daughters, Annabelle and Amelia, um, and my wife, Rebecca, here's a picture of all of us kind of having fun last 4th of July, kids hanging on me. The youngest one is Amelia, the oldest one there is Annabelle, and that's my wife, Rebecca. Um, I have lived in about 13 countries. I was a missionary. I was also in the military. So there, there is some sort of story in there somewhere that maybe we can hear at some point. But, um, uh, and I'm also a runner. I've decided to, to move past my own fear. A few years ago, I sat in a chair like this, and my wife convinced me to run a half marathon and uh, radically changed my life, obviously. Um, but yeah, we are, uh, we are loving life and just truly enjoying each other. And uh, um, my youngest daughter, I just found out last night in my hotel room, my youngest daughter is homesick. So as we talk about prayer, I just ask you all to pray for my daughter that she gets well. Um, she has a little summer, summer virus. Um, but we're going to read from Matthew 17 and verse 20. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. I recently was privileged to hear uh, a pastor from Nairobi talk about this verse, and he kind of broke down what this verse is truly saying, and I realized that I have not been praying like I should be praying. I've had a constant conversation with God about everything, things that are concerning me, things in my life that I would wish would change, and things that I am afraid of, or things that I just want to see God move in, but I haven't been praying for mountains to move. And this is a promise that we get to walk in every day as Christians that our God has given us this promise that we can tell mountains, the mountain of poverty, the mountain of a lack of access of clean water for 884 million people. We can look at these mountains in the name of Jesus, we can tell them to move, and then we can watch them move. I want to talk about what is God saying to you? What does that conversation look like? Is it comforting? Is it challenging? Is it inspiring other people around you? As I was challenged that I'm not praying in the way that I should, I wanted to kind of see like what I was doing. Now, I don't have a prescription. I'm not going to give you the step-by-step -step of how to pray to move mountains. That's not what this is about. This is what God has shown me, and in my heart, what I believe the Spirit of God wants to impart to the church in America because we have the potential to turn the world upside down again. We've done it before. We can do it again. Some of these tragedies in our world, Guatemala facing this volcano, Hawaii facing this volcano, children dying because they don't have access to water, and that means no food and no education and, and all of these horrible things. But we can end this. We can tell these mountains to move, and I believe that is the heart of Christ for his people. That's what he called his disciples to do. That's what he said we would do. Those of us that believe in him, he would send the Holy Spirit so that we could do those miraculous things that he did and even more. The conversations that we're having with God, what impact are they having on the world around us? 
in John chapter 14. We're going to read a little bit of this here too. Um, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I'm starting to see a trend develop here in the way that Jesus views prayer. I, in the past, had prayed for just simple things, and those are good. It's, it's, it's absolutely great. Like I said, this isn't a prescription of, I don't want to change the way everybody prays, but I want us to tap into the power that we have in prayer. I refuse to pay, or I refuse to pray for a close parking space so that I don't get wet on my way into church. I will pray that God turns the world upside down and that I will see in my lifetime the mountain of poverty be eliminated. There's no reason that in our day and age, children should not have access to school. They shouldn't have access to clean, safe water. They shouldn't still die from malnutrition and treatable diseases. We are the most powerful force in the world. I truly believe that the U.S. church can lead the way in this revolution to turn this world upside down if we follow the heart of Christ in the way that he's taught us to pray. And if we see that our prayers should be focused on other people, and, I, and as I said, God is a God of all comfort. And I know many of us are struggling with things. And I don't want to, to minimize or downplay what we're going through. I absolutely know that some of us are just trying to make it to the end of the service. Just trying to make it through lunch. Just trying to make it to the end of the day where we can close our eyes and hopefully start over. But what I'm telling you today is that you can ask for anything in the name of Jesus, that glorifies the Father through the Son. Jesus doesn't want us to struggle. He doesn't want us to hurt. His heart is for us. His heart is for this struggling world. He wants our prayers, our conversation with the holy creator of the universe. He wants us to pray in a way that not that, that it's not just about us and what we're struggling with, but he wants our prayers to make God sweat. Our prayers should have God stop and say, wait, Jesus, did you hear that? Somebody in Noblesville is praying, and I've got to get to work. Because they want to turn this world upside down. They want suffering to be alleviated from people all around this planet. They want to bring heaven to earth. They want people to understand that I love them and I'm for them and that I'm with them and that I'm in their struggles and that I'm in their pain. These prayers make me want to change this world. And that is how we should pray. That is how God has convicted me to pray. In Psalm 2.8, Again, our Father, the creator of the universe, gives us another promise here. 
And I know many of us have heard these scriptures before. These, these aren't new, necessarily new, but I want these words to affect us. I want them to sink into your heart. Ask me, and I will make for you the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth will be your possessions. So what does that mean? How do we even do that? Where do we, how do we get to that point? The nations is my inheritance? I truly believe that we are citizens of heaven and that Jesus wants to be revealed in, in the most vulnerable and hardest to reach places on this earth and he wants to do that through you. Through your prayers, when you fall on your knees and you say, God, help these people struggling that are in my life, my family that struggles with addiction, my family that struggles with financial difficulties, help them, but also our prayers for the most vulnerable that we may never even know, but that we see as our family. We are all drawn together as Christians. And our goal, our mission is to bring the gospel to the world. God has called us to bring this message of hope and one of the ways that we can do that, starting today, is through praying that these mountains be moved and believing with whatever little bit of faith we have, believing that God is in these, that these promises are for us today. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the end of the, end of the earth your possessions. In Luke 4, 8, this is the heart of Jesus. The very beginning of Jesus' ministry, when he first stepped onto a public stage, he went to the synagogue and he opened up, he opened up the scriptures. And he read something that caused a riot. Tried to kill him that day because of what he read and how he put it out there. He said that he was basically claiming to be the Messiah and he was saying that I have come to do what? He wasn't overthrowing governments. He wasn't bringing riches to the, the chosen people of God. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set free the oppressed. The heart of God is for the vulnerable people in this world. And I'm not saying that if we name it and claim it or, or just put something out to, to God and, and think that he's going to just answer all of our prayers. But if we're praying for the benefit of the world around us, that we see mountains moving and things changing for the gospel's sake, to bring glory to, to the Father by what the Son is able to do. God is in those prayers. He is right there and wants to change people's lives. The work of World Vision in Zambia, we can talk about the global water crisis and we can talk about uh, us being the largest provider of food aid and, and we covet your prayers and we covet you joining us and running marathons or half marathons and, we, and sponsoring kids and all of those things. Those are great things. But we're, we're, we're up against obstacles. There are some mountains that we're asking you as a church to believe that we can move. 
More children die from a lack of access of water. And that lack of access of water causes diseases more than malaria and AIDS combined in Africa. Children under five die because they just don't have access to water. We can change that. In our lifetime, we could end the global water crisis. What it takes is us first praying for the end of that global water crisis. It's simple. We pray that God moves this mountain. Right now, World Vision is on target. We are reaching one new person every 30 seconds with access to clean water. That's not a pallet of water that gets dropped off at somebody's doorstep. That is a source of water within 15 minutes that they can go to and they can be safe. That water will not make them sick. Right now, 884 million people are walking on average four miles multiple times a day to get dirty water that will still make them sick. Every day, no matter what, they don't get a day off. It's not, oh, it's Friday, thank God, I don't have to work today. They're going and walking for water. We can provide access to clean water to one person every 30 seconds. And through prayer, we believe that by the end of this year, every 10 seconds, somebody will get new, clean access to water. That lasts for a lifetime. That changes everything. With water now, food security becomes way more available and education becomes more available. That big number, 884 million people that don't have access to water, seven out of 10 households in the developing world, it's the women and children's responsibility to walk for that water. That puts a hierarchy on things. That means if you have a daughter and you have a son and you live in one of these communities and you have to choose, one of these children will need to work. One of them can maybe go to school. I am always going to send the boy to school because he'll have more opportunities in life if he has an education. We want to change that so that the most vulnerable in the communities have a full and abundant life. We want to see girls in school. We want to see moms have the opportunity to spend the day with their children. We want to see husbands and wives come together so that husbands start to value their wife and see her as an equal. We want to destroy that hierarchy, and we do that through biblical principles that we get to share when we work to get our brothers and sisters access to water. These things change things. Oftentimes, the most vulnerable people are exposed and exploited more often so that the weakest link in a community is typically the youngest girl. She's less valued. There's a story from Zambia, too, that I met a, a, a headman of a village, and he told me that years ago, before World Vision came in, they had one bowl, a communal bowl at a, at a household. They would fill it with dirty water. And the oldest man would come in and wash his hands. Then the next oldest man would wash his hands, dipping their dirty hands in that water. All the way down to the youngest boy, and then the oldest female would come in and wash her hands. All the way down to the youngest girl. This is a picture of value. This is what the world outside our borders looks like in many, many cases. We can change that by prayer. I'm going to give you an example of that in talking about an amazing woman who I got to meet named Eunice. See, when Eunice, growing up in a community of about 8,000 people, was tired of going to funerals for little kids. She was tired of seeing men 
abused their wives. She was tired of seeing economic pressures destroy families. Eunice was tired of the mountains in front of her community, and so she began to pray. She began to pray for the children and the community. She, met, she, she began to reach out to other women and get them together with her to pray. Shortly after Eunice started a prayer group, World Vision came to their community and started to work on developing trust and going through the WASH program. That's water hygiene and sanitation. Started to teach them about their responsibilities leading up to getting clean water and then how they would maintain that clean water access and how they could use that to get chickens and crops and goats and, and, and sources of revenue and they could ultimately reach out to other communities. And through this process, Eunice kept praying. Eunice, with sometimes with, with a very small amount of faith, would just keep praying because sometimes she just thought, that's all that I can do. World Vision soon after began registering children for the sponsorship program. Sponsorship dollars, $39 a month, goes to the community when you sponsor a child. Now funds are becoming available and things are starting to happen. Things are starting to change there. Eunice, in her passion and her leadership, could not be ignored anymore. And now Eunice, once socially on a, one of the lowest tiers, today Eunice is the engineer responsible for maintaining and fixing all of the borehole wells in her community of 8,000. She teaches people through a book that she's holding in her hand that says, Jesus, the source of living water. She teaches her community how to stay alive, and she fixes the pumps. When the pump breaks, the, the head man of the village reaches out to Eunice and says, can you come and fix it? Because Eunice decided to pray. She decided to claim an inheritance that said that her prayers can move mountains and the nations would be in her inheritance. No children since 2013 in this community of 8,000 people have died of malnutrition. Can you hear that one more time? No children. And before 2013, 50% of the kids didn't make it past the age of five. And now today, no children have died because they don't have enough food. That's prayer. And Eunice is one of the most humble servant leaders that I've ever met. And again, just that picture of at one point, she would have been the most vulnerable kid washing her hands last. She's now in charge of maintaining their water source. What does the conversation that you're having with God look like? Is it inspiring? Is it challenging? Are you praying for mountains to be moved? Are you praying that God flips this world upside down? We have one shot, church, and we can claim our inheritance. Our inheritance is, there's a picture on this next, next slide I just want us to see, and I just want us to soak in that. What does our inheritance look like? This is a typical water source in Africa. These are kids that should be in school. They're going to carry those 40-pound jugs back home, and then they're going to turn around and do it again. And that's going to be every day. Our inheritance says that they don't have to do that anymore. We can say to these mountains, in the name of Jesus, because the work that Christ did on the cross 
gives us the power to say, God, will you move on their behalf? We can change things. Last year when I was in Zambia, I was in a community, I visited a community where they did not have access to clean, safe drinking water. In Matthew 25, Jesus talks about, it's the parable of the sheep and the goats, and the righteous, who much like this church, were just praying and doing the work. Jesus said, enter into your rest. For when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was sick or in prison, you came to visit me. When I was a stranger in your land, you welcomed me in. The righteous answered and said, Jesus, we don't remember seeing you like that. When did we see you and when did we reach out to you? I don't like to truncate this verse, and a lot of people do. They say, you know, it's the least of these and all of that stuff. But the reality of the heart of God in the way that he wants us to pray is he said, whatever you've done for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've also done for me. Beginning of this talk, I showed you a picture of two of my daughters. Here's two more. These are two sponsor kids that my family has sponsored, and I got to spend the day with them and meet their families, and we just played, and they laughed. Keelan Ann on the top is pretty shy, you can see. But I see them as part of my family. My family sponsors five kids. And as I walked on that water, like I don't like to quote myself when I'm talking, but I think I want us to hear what happened in my heart that day. I said, today my muscles learned what my head already knew, that this water walk is hard. My family back home has access to clean water. What I didn't share with this community is that we have seven, or actually we have nine sources of clean water in my house. And I, and I think many of you go home today and you can count them up. You probably do as well. My family back home in the United States has clean water access. We're blessed to have it right inside of our home. However, I have seen you as my family. And as long as my family doesn't have access to clean water, here now I make the promise that I will never stop working until we all have access to clean water. The heart of Christ, and then he simply said, I've come to proclaim good news to the poor. Set free the captives. He set up a powerful agent on his behalf. He gave us the Holy Spirit and said, now you guys, church, you get to do all of these works and even more. Our prayers, our conversations with God should be challenging us. They should be changing that we should not be afraid to ask a mountain to move. And then guess what we get to do? We get to watch it move. In our lifetime, the water crisis will be over. I want you to be part of this. Will you, will you commit to praying? Will you commit to doing what God leads you to do? We have one more video. And I, I, I hope this video really sinks in, talks a little bit more about what World Vision's doing, but it's a video message from your pastor. As I said, he's out running right now, and he's probably tired. He's doing this because he believes 
that as a church, we're called to make a difference in the world. As you're watching this video, I want you to take out this folder that you, that you have. Everybody should have a, a picture of a folder. These are real children. These are children that are pulled aside for your campus today. I want you to just look at this child's face. I want you to read their name. If you have some time, read about them on the inside. But I want you to pray for this child as you watch this video. And if, if the Holy Spirit moves, gives you that magic word to say yes, you can fill out the inside form here and sponsor that child today. You can leave it in the back. Um, and then also, if you want to come up here to this information session, bring this packet with you if you want to sponsor that child, and I'll get it. I will take it from you and handle it from there. But let's watch this video from Steve, and then we'll pray. In 2011, I had the opportunity to go to Haiti. Now, I had traveled internationally before, but had never been to a third world country. While I was there, the Lord touched my heart for people in poverty. I was able to see for the first time that I had been born with a real advantage, to be able to live in a country like the United States, born into a middle class where I never had to worry about what I was going to eat or if I could go to school or if my drinking water would make me sick. Seeing the faces of the children there really gave me a heart for all of God's children. In 2016, I was introduced to Team World Vision and as I met person after person who worked with World Vision or who had partnered with them, I heard their stories and I realized that we were kindred spirits. Their heart for sharing Jesus in a very real and tangible way by meeting the physical needs of the people they worked with struck a chord with me, so I got involved. Like many of you, I ran the monumental marathon with Team World Vision last year. My family now sponsors three children in three different countries in Africa. We love receiving their letters and knowing that these kids are praying for us even as we pray for them. They call themselves our daughters. It's been really cool to see my girls growing up and knowing that there are other girls in the world who are safe, fed, and educated thanks to the work of World Vision. Now, even as you watch this, I'm in Africa running a 56-mile ultra-marathon called Comrades. It's a dream race for me one I've wanted to do since I first heard about it probably 15 years ago. But I'm not doing it just for the joy of running. I really want to raise awareness for the plight of the poverty-stricken kids in Africa. They don't share the same opportunities that I've had. And I know that I can't change life for all of them. But my goal is to change the life of 56 of them. That's one child for every mile I'm running today. Now, some of you have already stepped up and sponsored a child or two, and for you, I'm thankful. But if you haven't yet, and you feel even a little tug from God on your heart, would you prayerfully consider sponsoring a child today? With World Vision, your little amount of money goes a long way. So do for one what you wish you could do for many. Won't you join me in helping to fight poverty in Africa, one child at a time? So we got a text from Steve about 10 minutes ago. And uh, he finished the race, and he did it in 11 hours and 44 minutes. Now, he can't hear that. Yes. I should, uh, 
Ash should take a selfie video of us applauding him and text it back to him because I'm sure he's going to need some encouragement as he recovers over the next couple of days. But hey, would you all, let's give one more round of applause for Jake and let's thank Jake for being here with us today. If you would like to run the, the Indy uh, Marathon, the Monu Monumental uh, Marathon here at Indy, Jake, like he said, he's going to be right up here uh, on uh, my left and to your right. And so as soon as we close here in just a second, you can come on up. And uh, he has a short, brief meeting to answer your questions and to fill in the details there. If you'd like to sponsor a child, you can do that. And we'll also have someone out in the lobby, uh, at the table in the lobby, if, to answer any questions you may have. If you don't feel, if you don't feel uh, compelled to, to sponsor a child, that's okay. You're not obligated to do so. Please don't take that card home with you. There are tables uh, outside the doors that you can leave that card there as you leave. Hey, I'm going to close in prayer. Would you, would you pray with me? And as I pray, I'm going to pause in the middle of my prayer just for about 30 seconds. And I want to give you a minute uh, to just prayerfully try to connect to the Lord and uh, to seek his wisdom and discernment uh, on, on a decision. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful. We are so thankful for the good news of Jesus Christ. And we are so thankful. I am so thankful for organizations like World Vision that take the love of Christ around the world. And uh, Lord, I know there are several people in this room right now who are thinking about getting involved with World Vision. Uh, Lord, I wanna pause just a moment here. Would you please give them discernment to make a wise decision and just show them here, just even in this moment, Lord, how to follow your leadership in their life. Lord, I trust that you're putting, um, you're putting some next steps on some people's hearts here in the room this morning. Father, would you just strengthen and encourage their hearts so that they can take those steps of obedience and follow you and your leadership. And uh, Lord, we, we want to be a church family who does that. that. We want to be a church family who's known for following your leadership uh, throughout our lives. And so would you help us to even do that this week? As we go about our week, Lord, we want to glorify your name, Jesus. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.